Chapter One, Part Two of The Emancipation of South America by Bartolome Mitre, translated by William Pilling. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Piotr Natter. Historical Introduction, Part Two. The Precursor of the Emancipation of South America. During some years previously, an ardent apostle of human liberty had wandered about the world. He was a dreamer, with confused ideas and undisciplined attainments, a generous-minded warrior, above all a man of strong will. A soldier of Washington, a comrade of Lafayette, a general under Dumouriez, a companion of Madame Roland in her prison, a confidant of Pitt in his schemes of insurrection in the colonies of Spanish America, distinguished by Catherine II of Russia, whose favours he put aside in deference to his austere mission, looked upon by napoleon as a lunatic with a spark of the sacred fire francisco miranda a native of caracas was the first to foresee the great destinies of republican america and the first to raise the banner of freedom on the southern continent he it was who organized the revolutionary efforts of south americans in europe establishing an understanding with the creoles of the colonies it was he who towards the close of the eighteenth century founded in london the political society the gran reunion americana to which they were all affiliated in this society were initiated in the mysteries of future liberty o'higgins of chile nariño of new granada montufar and rocafuerte of quito caro of cuba who represented the patriots of peru alvear an argentine and others who later on became illustrious here the two great liberators bolivar and san martin took an oath to work out the triumph of the cause of the emancipation of South America. This society was the type of the secret societies which, transplanted to the theatre of action, impressed its seal upon the characters of those who directed the revolution of South America. They inoculated it with the true American idea, which, heedless of frontiers and disregarding all obstacles, looked upon the enslaved colonies as one, with one aspiration, with one love, and with one hatred of their common master. This gave cohesion to the revolution in America, and ensured triumph by the union of all forces to one common end. Here was the point of contact of all Creoles, wherever they might work for independence and for liberty. Here is the explanation of the identity of the original movements, in spite of the isolation of each colony. Miranda sought to interest the whole world in the cause of independence. Chiefly, he sought the help of England. Three times, from 1790 to 1801, he obtained the promise of moral and material support from Pitt, with the cooperation of the United States. European complications and the hesitation of the cabinet at Washington prevented the fulfillment of these promises. In 1791, he published a letter to the Americans in which he attacked the colonial system of Spain declaring that nature had separated america from spain by the interposition of the ocean thus emancipating her sons from the mother country and that they quote, were free by natural right received from the creator that the moment had arrived for opening up a new era of prosperity and with the aid of providence to raise up in america a grand family of brothers united by a common interest end quote failing in his attempt to secure the help of england and the united states miranda ventured upon the enterprise by himself in the year eighteen o six 
he made two attempts to kindle the fire of revolution in his native country he landed on the mainland at okumare with two hundred men and at vela de coro with five hundred none responded to his call but the cry was heard and its echo resounded throughout two worlds england on the death of pitt abandoning his projects for the emancipation of the colonies of spanish america attempted to conquer them for herself and was twice defeated at buenos aires in eighteen o six and eighteen o seven miranda was pleased at this defeat and in eighteen o eight wrote to congratulate the cabildo of buenos aires at the same time he wrote to the cabildo of caracas giving notice of the invasion of spain by napoleon advising them to take charge of the government and to send deputies to london to arrange the future course of the new world at the same time he published in london a pamphlet written in english by an englishman in which from the defeat of the english was drawn a lesson based upon the opinion of general Okmati, that the creoles would only make alliance with england on condition of their own independence miranda translated this pamphlet into spanish and added a sketch of a constitution for the new states proposed the dominant idea of which was a federal republic on a basis of independent cabildos as the victory of buenos aires made a great noise in the world and more especially in the hearts of americans this propaganda fell in with the new sentiment of nationality disclosed in the words of don cornelio saavedra in his address to the patricios of buenos aires in eighteen o seven translator's note a native regiment which had taken a prominent part in the repulse of the english quote, those born in the indies whose spirits are undaunted are in no way inferior to the spaniards of europe and in valor give place to none End quote. the races of south america the creole five races which for historic purposes may be looked upon as three only peopled the southern continent at the outbreak of the war of independence the european spaniards the spanish american creoles and the half-breeds also the indigenous indians and the negroes from africa the spaniards formed a privileged class and by reason of their origin enjoyed both political and social pre-eminence the indians and the negroes formed the servile class the half-breeds derived from a mixture of three races formed an intermediate class and in some places were in a large majority the creoles direct descendants of spaniards of pure blood but modified in character by contact with the half-breeds were the true sons of the soil and constituted the basis of society generally the most numerous they were always the civilizing force of the colony they were the most energetic the most intelligent and imaginative and with all their inherited vices and their want of preparation for freedom were the only ones animated by an innate sentiment of patriotism those born in south america thus formed a race apart an oppressed race who saw in their ancestors and in their contemporaries not fathers and brothers but masters the colonial system placed to a certain extent all natives of the soil upon the same level and drew a broad line of distinction between the spanish-american colonists and their mother country spain by reason of distance yielded to her colonists greater freedom and more municipal rights than she gave to her own sons in their own land but her absolute government could not bind her colonies to her by the tie of nationality men of spanish birth looked upon the colonies as feudal territory 
over which they as beings of a superior race were the natural lords and thought that if only a shoemaker remained in castile that this shoemaker had the right to govern all america the natural aspiration of slaves is for freedom and that of oppressed races who know their own strength is to assume their place in the human family in this double aspiration lay the germ of revolution in america in seventeen eighty the indigenous race under tupac amaru a descendant of the incas rose en masse in peru against their oppressors but were naturally defeated they possessed no great social force and did not represent the cause of civilized america the day of the creoles had not yet come but they saw nothing to admire to love or to respect in spain an absolute king generally an imbecile was the sole point of contact between them their mother country was to them neither a country nor a mother the instinct of independence became a passion even more vehement in those who resided in spain than in those who had never left their own hearths thus it was that the leaders who did most for the revolution came from spain in the struggle each race took its own special part the creoles formed the vanguard and directed the movements the indigenous races formed the first line in mexico but elsewhere they were only useful as auxiliaries in south america the half-breeds formed the rank and file of the armies of the revolution the argentine gaucho with the fatalism of the arab and the strength of the cossack gave the type to the cavalry renowned for the impetuosity of their charge from la plata to chimborazo the llaneros of venezuela translator's note men of the plains from llano a plain End note. half-breeds for the most part formed the famous squadrons of colombia whose feats were celebrated from the orinoco to potosi the rotos translator's note countrymen end note, of chile mostly of indian blood formed with argentines in solid battalions who measured their strength with spanish regiments victors over the soldiers of napoleon in the peninsula the manumitted negroes gave their contingent to the american infantry showing the warlike qualities of their race in upper peru the indigenous races kept alive for ten years the flames of insurrection when the patriot armies were defeated the cholos of the highlands of peru espoused the cause of the king and were highly esteemed as infantry by the spanish generals more especially on account of the extraordinary rapidity of their marches the creole of south america is a sturdy offshoot of that civilizing indo-european race to which is reserved the government of the world it is his mission to complete the democratization of the american continent and to found a new order of things destined to live and progress he has impressed the peculiarities of his character upon the new nationalities when the revolution broke out in eighteen ten it was said that south america would become english or french when it triumphed that the continent would sink back to barbarism by the will and the work of the creole it became american republican and civilized the first throes of revolution the initial outbreaks of the year eighteen o nine were in some parts of a more radical character than were those of the following year when the first political formula of the rebellion was merely a demand for relative and provisional independence for a compromise between democracy and monarchy upon the basis of autonomy the doctrine that on the disappearance of the monarch his sovereignty reverted to his people was for the first time boldly proclaimed in mexico 
From this it was deduced that they had the right to appoint governing juntas for their own security, and owed no allegiance to those established in Spain at the time of the French invasion. Hence arose disputes between the Creoles and the Spaniards, and between the Audiencia and the Viceroy, which, at the end of 1809, changed the movement into a conspiracy for independence. In Quito, the commotion assumed more definite terms. The colonial authorities were overturned, and a governing junta was set up, which took to itself the attributes of sovereignty, and raised troops for its own defense. They exhorted the peoples of America by a proclamation to follow the example, announcing that, quote, law has resumed its authority under the equator, end quote, and that, quote, the rights of men were, by the disappearance of despotism, no longer at the mercy of arbitrary power, end quote. The authors of this premature revolution were overcome and put to death in prison. In Upper Peru, the city of Chuquisaca was the first to move. In May 1809, the Creoles, at the instigation of the Audiencia, tumultuously deposed the constituted authorities and set up an independent government. In July, the city of La Paz followed the example. Under the name of the Junta Tuitiva, an independent government composed exclusively of americans was established which raised an army and hung on the gallows those who denied its authority both these revolts were suppressed by the combined arms of the neighboring viceroyalties of peru and la plata the leaders of the insurrection of la paz died either on the field of battle or on the gallows one of the latter before being thrown off cried out quote, the fire which i have lighted shall never be quenched End quote. Their heads and limbs were nailed to the posts which mark out the public roads in that country, but before they had rotted away, the fire was again burning in Upper Peru. By the quelling of these conspiracies, it was thought that the danger was averted, but as was said by the Viceroy of Peru fifty years before, on the first revolt of the Comuneros of Paraguay, quote, it was but covering up of the fire with ashes. End quote the growth of the revolution in the year eighteen ten the drama of revolution unfolded itself upon a vast continental scene with a unity of action which from the first attracted the attention of the world all the spanish-american colonies with the exception of lower peru arose in rebellion simultaneously and proclaimed one political doctrine some historians have thought that this movement was the result of external impulse and that the subsequent separation was as the falling of unripe fruit others being informed looked upon this separation as a necessity quote, the union of spain with america possible under an absolute regime was incompatible with representative government and with the political equality of the citizens End quote. the truth is that the south american revolution was inspired by an innate sentiment of patriotism in obedience to conservative instinct and by its nature tended to independence the divorce of the colonies from the mother country took place at a critical moment when their union was hurtful to them both if america was not prepared for self-government and if her attempts at self-government almost exhausted the forces already weakened by the struggle what would then have been her condition had she remained under the rule of unnatural laws which condemned her to a lingering death a prey to vices inoculated by an evil system it cannot be denied that without the invasion of spain by napoleon in eighteen o eight and the consequent disappearance of the dynasty of spain 
the revolution would have been delayed but this does not imply that america was not ripe for emancipation the opportunity was nothing more than the spark setting fire to the combustibles already prepared for burning the provisional government established in spain anticipated the complaints of the colonists and recognized by its acts the justice of their cause fomenting their resistance as much by its concessions as by its refusals the regency of cadiz called upon americans to join the national cortes thus raising them to the rank of freemen but at the same time gave them only one deputy chosen by itself for each million of inhabitants while to the natives of the peninsula for the most part under the yoke of the foreigner it gave one deputy for each hundred thousand the essential difference lay in the divergence of their political opinions the regency maintained quote, the american dominions are an integral part of spain end quote from which it deduced the right of spain to rule america in the absence of the sovereign americans as we have already seen maintained that the crown was the only link between them take away the fundamental divergence of opinion and the reason for the revolution disappears the insurrection loses its legality and the question becomes one of national representation having no relation either to independence or to autonomy the colonial authorities were deposed without resistance by the force of public opinion and new ones were instituted without any rupture of relation with the mother country though all foresaw the logical end of the process in answer to this moderate policy the regency refused to the colonies that freedom of trade which it had proposed to give them avoided the mediation of england and without attempting to arrive peacefully at an understanding stigmatized the americans as rebels and declare war against them punishing as high treason in them that which the spaniards themselves had done in spain it was then in eighteen eleven that venezuela declared herself independent and gave herself a republican institution south america was ill prepared for the struggle she had neither soldiers nor politicians she had to improvise all she needed spain in alliance with england and supported by the first nations of the world was mistress of the seas her armies triumphant in europe were stronger than before the french invasion nevertheless south america unaided accepted the challenge and triumphed all alone the meeting of the cortes and the promulgation of the constitution of eighteen twelve instead of reconciling the mother country with her colonies fanned the flames of insurrection and by concessions encouraged the spirit of independence when in eighteen fourteen the king was restored america was still governed in his name and the movement having been crushed in venezuela the revolution was placed in a false position the refusal of america to surrender without conditions to absolute power was replied to by the proclamation of a war of conquest and amicable arrangement was no longer possible in eighteen twenty despotism triumphed in europe under the banners of absolute kings allied against the liberties of the people but in south america the cause of independence fostered by the example of the united states was successful from this epoch the reaction of american thought is felt in the parliament of england and influences even spain herself where the armies collected to stamp out revolution in america turn against the absolute king and re-establish a constitutional regime this is a critical moment upon the triumph or the defeat of revolution in south america depend the destinies of two worlds
Five years later on, victory crowned her efforts. America is republican, independent, and free. From this movement, the current of history, which has for three centuries carried despotism from the east to the west, now turns back. The action of the principles of American regeneration flows from west to east and spreads over Europe until stopped by the barrier of Islamism. Greece cries out for emancipation, and Europe, instead of joining to crush her aspirations, runs to help her. Portugal becomes free by the example and influence of her American colonies, who send back to her her absolute kings, transformed into constitutional rulers. In France, the revolution of 1789 revives in a compromise between monarchy and the republic, its champions being a comrade of Washington and an immigrant prince who had studied American democracy at close quarters. Take away the South American revolution of the year 1810, supposed to be suppressed in 1820, or eliminate the final triumph of 1825, and the Republic of the United States remains the sole representative of liberty, and the world, even with the help of free England, lies groveling under the sway of absolutism. Attempts at Monarchy in South America Had the idea of Aranda been adopted in 1783, it is probable that a bastard monarchy would have been established in America, upon which time would have impressed the seal of democracy. Had the King of Spain removed his throne to America in 1808, as did he of Portugal, it is possible that the course of the revolution might have been changed under dynastic auspices, delaying the advent of the Republic, and perchance accelerating constitutional stability. These two opportunities being lost, the revolution could only develop in accordance with its own nature, and become essentially a Republican movement. The Pilgrim Fathers of New England and the Quakers of Pennsylvania carried with them the seed of republicanism. The Cavaliers who colonized Virginia became republicans by founding a new country of a distinct type, which produced Washington. The Spanish colonists of South America brought with them no such ideas, but only germs of individualism from which time developed desires for independence and for equality. The indigenous races knew nothing of any form of government except monarchy. The Creoles were born republicans. The idea of establishing a monarchy never sprang from a Creole brain, and when proposed, was looked upon by them only as a compromise, or as an artificial expedient when it was not a folly. In 1808, the English constitution was the ideal of thinkers trained in the school of Montesquieu, in 1810, the social contract of Rousseau was their gospel, and the revolution of that year assumed spontaneously a popular form, producing municipal republics, whereby the course of opinion became exclusively democratic. When early reverses damped the republican hopes of Argentine leaders, they looked to the establishment of a monarchy under the protection of the great powers as a means of securing independence and constitutional freedom. In 1814, it was proposed to crown an infant of Spain, King of La Plata. In 1816, the same Congress, which declared the independence of the Argentine provinces, embraced the idea of crowning a descendant of the Incas at Cusco, and uniting Peru and the River Plate under his rule, a proposition quenched in ridicule. The same Congress, in 1819, after swearing to and promulgating a republican constitution, sought in Europe for a king, lowering their character in the eyes of the world, and bringing accusation of treachery upon themselves from their own countrymen. 
this reaction took place precisely at the time when the perseverance of the republicans had gained for them universal sympathy when the united states threw her shield over the infant peoples to protect them from the attacks of the holy alliance and when england after declaring that she would not recognize quote, the revolutionary governments of america end quote, became convinced of her mistake the agents of this policy were men such as rivadavia who stands in america second alone to washington as the representative statesman of a free people such as belgrano the type of republican virtue and such as san martin who a republican at heart had no faith in democracy yet founded republics which by natural law became democracies when san martin ignored this law his career as a liberator came to an end so also later on fell bolivar in the attempt to convert democracy into monocracy the only american liberator who in his folly crowned himself emperor iturbide in mexico died on the scaffold a presage of the sad end of another emperor whose corpse was sent back to europe as a protest against the imposition of monarchy the empire of brazil is apparently a proof of the possibility of establishing monarchy in america but the contrary is the fact brazil is a democratic empire founded upon the principle of sovereignty of the people without any privileged class or hereditary nobility and has nothing monarchical about it except the name retrospection when the war was over and the continent at peace bolivar exclaimed quote, i blush to say it independence is the only good we have achieved at the cost of all else End quote. even at this price independence was solid gain for it was life the continuance of the colonial system was death by decomposition independence was moreover the establishment of the democratic republic a system under which all losses may be retrieved south america has no reason to complain of the task allotted to her in working out the destiny of humanity in the first decade of this century the republic of the united states was a sun without satellites the apparition of a group of new nations from the colonial nebula of the south formed for the first time in the political world a planetary system of republics governed by natural laws an entire continent almost one half the globe extending from pole to pole and washed by the two greatest of the oceans became republican at that time there were but two republics in the world in europe switzerland in america the united states the influence of the latter was not yet felt but the new system of republics soon became a power of the first rank the republics of south america were strong enough to conquer their independence but they lacked the elements of self-government they had passed at one bound from slavery to freedom and it took them more than one generation to eradicate evils produced by three centuries of misgovernment in the war they had expended not only their blood their treasure and their vital energy but also their intellectual strength wealth came to them with independence but the want of the elements of self-government made them an easy prey to anarchy and despotism from which the conservative instinct at length saved them still they suffer the evils of inexperience but nothing is lost while republican institutions the great work of the revolution are preserved no people so ill-prepared for the change could have done better even the united states passed through a critical period of transition which imperiled their existence as an organized nation the republics of south america have suffered greatly from misgovernment 
but the instincts of the people have ever been superior to the incapacity of their rulers had they continued subject to spain they would have died of inanition had the english invasion been successful they might now be colonies of england such as australia and canada and might possibly be richer in material wealth than they are but they would not be independent nations charged with the mission of creating new elements of progress they would but feebly reflect the far-off light south america would but exist as an appendage of europe and europe would be subject to the holy alliance of absolute kings if south america has not realized all the hopes awakened by the revolution still it cannot be said that she has faltered in her course she has resolved for herself the problem of life educated herself in the hard school of experience and by sorrow has purged away her vices giving the lie to sinister presage which condemned her to absorption by inferior races the energetic creole has assimilated them giving them freedom and dignity or when necessary had suppressed them with help from the most superior races of the world acclimatized upon her hospitable shores the reins of government have been secured to him her regenerated population doubles itself in twenty or thirty years before the end of the next century south america will number four hundred millions of free men north america five hundred million and all america will be republican and democratic to these great results following the example of washington and equal to bolivar will have contributed with such talents as he possessed the founder of three republics the emancipator of one half of south america whose history will now be told End of chapter one part two